Welcome to a night of total terror. And welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 27, Blash Gordon from 1980. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. I'm so glad you could join us. I am very, very excited to be talking about this film. And uh, before I introduce my right honourable guest. Let's check out the trailer. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. I like to play with things a while before annihilation. Pathetic Earthlings! Who can save you now? Bash! Savior of the universe! Strange object imaged in the Imperial Vortex. Bash! Ah! You save everyone else! Remove the Earthwoman. Prepare her for our pleasure! Bash! Now, back, possibly from the abyss, looking at the state on him on this, uh, <laughs> on my screen, is the one, the only, Mr. Leighton Winston. How the devil are you? Or should I say, Leighton's alive! <laughs> Leighton's barely alive, I think is the <laughs> correct term. Um, I'm okay. Um, I, I think we need to point out to the listeners my... Um, my fragile state. Um, <laughs> uh, here in Wales, there was um, our national rugby team played uh, South Africa yesterday, and uh, I had uh, I had a ticket, and I went, and I had my first ale about midday yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was a. It, I got home about ten o'clock, nine ten o'clock. So not, not only. Not only am I hungover, I'm probably skint. Um, <laughs> <laughs> five pound a pint. Five pound a pint. Oh my god! Where did you go? Um, 
uh, well, Cardiff bars are on Cardiff. Yeah. Don't ask me to, ask me to name where. Because <laughs> it is extortionate. But, uh, it is bloody it's, extortionate. It's, it's really, it really is quite wrong. But hey ho, that's another matter. We're not, we're not talking about being prices of beer on this podcast. No, no, no. no. We know and of course, no. To, you know, we are talking about 1980s Flash Gordon. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> and, <laughs> Let's get it off the bat. This film is brilliant. It is brilliant, brilliant film. Um, flawed, deeply flawed, but um, a great, great film. It's really good. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you remember. Um, well, I went to the pictures to see this when I was four years old. So you were probably just born. I was just, remember. I was just born. And. Um, I remember uh, going to see it and, you know, being wowed by it all because at the end of the day, this film is like um, hallucinogenics, isn't it? It's just, <laughs> it's just so bright and out there and, you know, it's it's brilliant. And I remember going to see it and, um, yeah, it's, it's it's amazing. But it's got some uh, some flaws, some major... Oh, I mean, it is just... I mean, however... Um, the Blu-ray for this is stunning. It's just oh, yeah. absolutely stunning. And watching and looking at the Blu-ray, I was able to sort of I saw so many things that I've missed over the years. Yeah. And the details. However, when you look at this film and how enjoyable this film is, it is amazing that it actually made it to the screen. Because well, the production yeah. history behind this is just insane. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, everybody knows that um Mr. De Laurentiis is um, it was a was a character was it was was a sort and um, he was partial to um, hiring and firing you know um, quite ruthlessly and um, you know George Lucas wanted to make Flash Gordon he did and he did he tried to get he tried to get the rights off De Laurentiis and De Laurentiis said no 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 not doing it and then he went went and made a little film called Star Wars you know and never heard of it that did okay. Never heard of it. Okay, yeah, never heard yeah, of it. It's good. You, you should really go see it. The second, second one's the best of all. It's amazing. Second, second <laughs> it, best film of all time. But there we are. <laughs> <laughs> right. So looking at this one, of course, it is. It was finally directed by uh, Mike Hodges. Yeah. It was yeah. produced by Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah. Um, the screenplay by was Lorenzo Semplier Jr. Yes. Um, and it was, uh, of course, it was you know based on the fantastic comic strips of, of, of you know from 1939 drawn by Alex Raymond which you know which the drawings still to this day are absolutely stunning yeah they are yeah. amazing i love them i absolutely love them yeah um, it, it stars gone go on, go so, on. no I, I, it's quite funny cuz obviously with rolling with the times isn't it flash gordon when in the comic strips was a polo player yeah, yeah, and then, but this is the best part. I like, like the development of like Flash is that in the comic strips he was like this uh, polo player. Um, yeah. In the, um, in the, the like the 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 seer, the, the the mini series, the the first sort of series, the black and white one with yeah. Buster Crab, um, yeah. who was who was an Olympic athlete himself. He yeah. was an Olympic athlete, um, and then in. Um, this he's an American rugby player. That's the sport he plays, isn't it? American rugby. <laughs> no, as as they refer to it, uh, football, which is ironic, really, because in the game the ball is only kicked 
at the big kickoff. <laughs> yeah. at, uh, you know, it's, which well, anyway, it's not. It's 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 the it's the massive pastime of America, isn't it? And um, yeah, and <laughs> I just okay, he play. You know, he, he's the quarterback for the New York Jets. Yes. I don't know why, because the Jets suck. <laughs> he is Tom Brady, isn't he? Basically, yeah. <laughs> he is, you know, before Tom Brady, you know, um, yeah, but yeah, and you know, this cast, no, the cast of this film, so, right? Let's get it off the bat. Sam J. Jones, bless that man, because he's gone through some shit since this film has been made. And I only, I only found it recently. There's a documentary coming about uh, about him very soon. Really? Well, yeah. Funny we. Bunny, we should be talking. Bunny, we should be talking about Sam Jones. Yeah. Uh, co-hosts of this show uh, are gothy, glamorously uh, gal pals, CL Raven. Yeah. Guess who they were with yesterday in Wrexham? Oh, in the Comic Con, was it? In, 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 in Wales Comic Con, they were with Sam Jones. Ah, oh, so cool. That's so so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I actually only found out about that yesterday morning. I was afraid yeah. I think it was that yeah. he's come up because um, on Twitter uh, I seen it because um, uh, Michael Kulnitz is there as well. Um, yeah, uh, who's Abraham in The Walking Dead? Um, yeah. he was also in the, the outrageously brilliant um, t- uh, TV show Southland. Do you ever see that? Yes, yes. When he was cop show, absolutely yeah. tremendous show, tremendous, and he was amazing in that. So I saw it's like, oh my god, he's in Wales, like you know, and then um yeah, and you see Sam <laughs> Jones is there. It's like, oh yeah. no way, man. Yeah. I would have gone. I would have gone, but you know, rugby yes. priorities, you know, things like that. So <laughs> yeah, but yes, yeah, there's a documentary coming soon about um his life sort of after Flash because he famously fell out with De Laurentiis. Well, he fell out with everyone, I think, on the production side of it, didn't he? So <laughs> Yeah, and as a result, he, he when post-production if you don't know how films work, um, sometimes they have to go back. They don't catch the um, dialogue initially, so they have to re-record it and sync it up and all the rest. They had an actor come in and read them Sam Jones's voice for the film. That actor's identity has never been revealed. No, but he th- and essentially, you don't know. Um, I think Mike Hodge- Hodges said that he did like 5% of the dialogue. Uh, Sam Jones says he pretty much redubbed him completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which... You know, which then resulted in the fact that Sam Jones couldn't do any of the PR for this film. No, couldn't do any no. of the promotions, couldn't attend anything. So essentially, no. and it all, you know, the fact that he'd fallen out with everybody, in it, it totally ended any kind of hope for a sequel. Yeah, yeah, which is which is a shame, really, because the, the, the universe was laid, isn't it? Or is oh, laid, yeah. Oh, you know, God, yeah. And, um, it, you know, despite... Um, you know, the special effects being fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that world building was was there, wasn't it? You know, it, it was there. You, you could see, you know, that, that what they were aiming for. Um, and what a, what a lot of people probably don't realise about this film is it, it was seen as um, a bit of a flop. It was never a flop. No, the no. Film, it, no. The, it cost $20 million to make, right? But it made $27 million in America alone. Yeah. It made $14 yeah. million quid in the UK, which is astonishing. Well, if you think about astonishing. Like, obviously, the early days of the video, or the video shop, it was a constant. Of course it, it was. You know, it was a staple of that. And it, you know, it, it did really, really well. I mean, yeah, and I, I, I never sort of understood how people can say. I, perhaps critically, it might have been um, a flop, but then 
I suppose you could look at the Transformer films, isn't it? You know, they're fucking garbage, but they make billions. See, I know? just don't get how they can. Uh, yeah, let's not get, let's not not go down no, the line. We've done it before. We've done it before. <laughs> let's get back. Let's get back to the cast. Well, you got um, you got Melody Anderson. Now, Melody Man- Anderson. Manimal. Do you remember Manimal? Manimal, yeah. Manimal, yes, I was going to say Manimal. Manimal, yeah. But before oh this, God. all she'd done, uh, she'd been, I say all she'd done, she'd be, she was a journalist originally. Yeah. Uh, and then she became, she turned to acting and she'd done an episode of Welcome Back, Cotter. The John Travolta TVs. <laughs> <laughs> Such a brilliant, good program that was, actually. And, um, and she was in an episode of uh, Battlestar Galactica. Was she really? Yeah, she was in an episode of Battlestar Galactica. Um, no, that, that was a total Star Wars rip-off. Total oh, Star Wars rip-off. However, oh the God. remake, the last the, the last was awesome. The new, the newer series, the yeah, remake was brilliant. Yeah. That was really, really good. That came out at exactly the same time as The Wire. Have you ever seen yes, The Wire? Yeah, yeah. Wire is one of the best TV shows ever, right? And they came out at the right time. And I remember seeing an interview um, with the guy who plays... Um, uh, the, the British guy Jamie. Um, oh yeah, plays, yeah, I know. He plays, uh, he plays the main captain in it, doesn't he? Yeah. Him and him and Dominic West. Um, we were asked what they thought the best TV shows on television were at the moment at that time. Dominic West said Battlestar Galactica, and uh, you Battlestar Galactica man says the wire. Yeah. So it's really you know, yeah. it's, it's good to know you know they complement each other. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, Melanie Anderson, Manimal, Manimal was brilliant. Man, I love Manimal. Oh. It's a silly show. It's a silly, oh, silly show. Dull as a brush. Dull but then brush, when you think then. about like that, those TV shows of that time, you had Airwolf, you had Manimal, yeah. you had Street, Street Hawk. Yeah. Absolute shit. But they would just yeah. say, yeah. do, you remember, do you remember Auto Man? That one? Is that the one where he used to change into cars and things? Yes, yes. yeah, <laughs> diabolical, absolute rubbish. And it's it's funny now because you look at TV now, and I, I think twenty seventeen. Like I've said yeah. on Twitter, you know, it's probably arguably one of the greatest years of for, uh, for television. The programs, TV is in its golden era right now. Oh, completely. Um, yeah, has completely. been for a couple of years. You know. Um, we could argue, you know, what is the best TV show at the moment? There are too many to count. There are way too many to count. Oh, so it, it, um, I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's the X Factor. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I despise that. I just cannot. I cannot see how people can get into. I genuinely can't. I gen- it, it baffles me year no, after year no. after year. Especially when you've got stuff, people going, oh, I don't, I don't watch, I watch X Factor, but I don't watch Game of Thrones. What? Yeah, but, but it's still, how, yeah, yeah. You know, how can you not, how can you deny yourself something like that or something like, like Godless and they went on Netflix? Oh my God. I haven't come God. across, I haven't, it's on my, it's on my watch list. Oh, However, have days. you seen The Punisher yet? No, I, that's my oh, next, it's my it's next one. Amazing. It is amazing. I mean, I'm a massive Punisher fan anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge Punisher fan. It yeah. is amazing. It is amazing. No, anyway, so, back yes. to the cast. Back to the cast. You have Ornella Muti. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, of course, um, she's done a lot of it. She's done a lot of Italian television, a lot of Italian. Yeah. However, she, you know, I don't know whether you might remember her from her, uh, the Sylvester Stallone comedy, Oscar. Oh, Directed by John Landis, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, I, I'm right, didn't I? That John yeah, Landis. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to check that. I'm sure he did. Yeah, no, no, it is John Landis. I'm, I'm, oh my god! I, I am. Ab- it's it's terrible. It is a terrible, terrible film. 
It oh, is just, God. you know, what was what was Stallone thinking? T- Tim Curry's in that as well, isn't Tim he? Tim Curry is in it, yeah. Tim Curry oh, did, is in oh, it. Did, what did Stallone direct it? No, John Landis directed it. I oh, just looked it up God. on uh, something John called Landis. the Internet Movie Database. Never heard of it. Never no. heard of it. No. Um, yeah. Um, oh, my God. That film is... Uh, yeah. <laughs> when was that out? 89? 91. 91. 91. Oh, my God. John Landis. Oh, he's made... Now, we've talked about this before. You know, as directors get older, the films start to wane slightly, isn't it? Yeah, know? and I think also, the, you know, the fact that he's pretty much responsible for the death of certain people on the Twilight Zone uh, movie. <laughs> um, I think that kind of... Um... You um, went there. You went there. Yeah, I, hey, I, it, you know, you pretty much, you know, you, you take, you know, you you spin the wheel on health and safety. I know we've all got to do the, the climbing a ladder training business. But, you know, <laughs> when you're dealing with explosions and helicopters, let's err on the side of caution, boys. Yeah, that's that's horrific, that story. That is, it is terrible. Oh, it's, it's just... horrific. And yeah. to think, you know, that man is responsible for arguably one of the funniest films of all time. Oh, yeah. Out of a house. And yeah. arguably one of the best horror films of all time in the medical werewolf in London. Yeah. I mean, the, makes... you know, it, the guy is, you know, at one point, you know, his creative powers were um, were phenomenal. Yeah, he, phenomenal. Yeah, he did, phenomenal. He, did he, he had a bit of a home run, didn't he? Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah. He had um, Animal House, Blues Brothers, which was a flop, but is widely considered one of, one of the funniest films ever made. And then he made American Werewolf, Trading Places. Yeah. And... What was it after training places? Was it something like um, spies like us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, <laughs> something like that. See, I, used to, oh, I, used to, I, I so coming to America. Yeah, no, 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 no. Spies like us then coming to America. Yeah, I do like, like spies like us. It's terrible, oh, but I do like it. 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 It's, it's, it's got a brilliant theme song as well yeah. by Paul McCartney. Amazing. Yeah. Um, anyway, but so we got Ornell and Mahuti, um, yeah. and of course um, the Exorcist himself. Max von Sydow. Max von Sydow, who is just brilliant in this. He is, he is you can clearly see he's loving he's ha- it. He's having a ball. You can see he is having a scream. He's having a riot and it's there on screen, like you know. Yeah. And he's ruthless and he's cunning and he's evil. And my wife is just walking in. Hello, wife. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes, can you close the door, please? Thank you. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't matter how much warning you say I'm doing something. No, they've got to interrupt, haven't they? But anyway, um, yeah, Max Lansidu is having having a scream. He's having an he's, br- and he's brilliant in this role. He is yeah, I mean, I don't think you could have any other actor other than Max Lansidu play in this role. No, no, and the um, as we've said already, you know, the the fact that a sequel never happened crushes me slightly. Yes. You know, to see him back and see how much more of a bastard he would have been in the sequel. Yes. Than, than what he is already, like, you know, because he's, he's quite, he's really unforgiving, isn't he, you know? Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and then you look at, you know, you've got Max von Sydow, Topol. Now, oh, here's God. the thing you've got to remember. Topol, we have a link to Topol. We have a link? Yeah, well, I have a link. Very tenuous link. <laughs> Go on. Now, Topol is obviously famous for playing Reb Tevia yes. in Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. And I have also played Reb Tevia in oh, Fiddler yes. on the Roof. You have, yes, I do recall this, <laughs> yes. I didn't see the production, I do recall you being in it. I, I yes. 
I'm contractually uh, obliged to do that anytime anybody mentions Fiddler on the <laughs> Yeah. Um, can we do no, no more singing now? Right? No <laughs> it's doing your hang over the world of good. No, yeah, it is actually, yeah. Um, but I'm saying no more singing, but we just there's going to be a part we talk about later yes. or something to do with this film that we will start singing. Oh, of course. Anyway, um, who else we got? We got Timothy Dalton. T- Timothy Dalton was we've said before well good an actor he is he's absolutely brilliant in this I, I, yes. he gets, gets all the best lines in the film as well oh yeah well I, do you know what he gets some brilliant lines but yeah. one you know the, the, there's a couple of actors in this who absolutely um, who get some brilliant you know, you know get some amazing moments in it um, yeah. and there's two that, that really stand out for me you got of course we've we, we got to, let's just get to him the man, the myth, Mr. Brian Blessed. Yes, the living beard. He's, he is just... He's, 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 he is doing what Max wants to do with this. He's having a bloody riot, isn't he? Yes, yes. He can see that this daft camp sci-fi film, and for all its fun, and he is embodiment of, of, of a leader, isn't he? Oh, know? yeah, you know, of, of the Hawkman. He, he is Voltan. I mean, yeah. actually, and this is one of the things that, you know, Blessed really chased this part. Because when you look at the original drawings for Voltan, it's Brian Blessed. <laughs> it is yeah. Brian Blessed. I mean, there yeah. was, um, there's a really, really famous um, story that um, when he had a meeting with um, De Laurentiis, um, yeah. he said, just, just, just bloody look at the drawings. It's me. I want this part. <laughs> and if you don't give it to me, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> no, he's um, he's having an absolute riot, isn't he? You know, and he's he's got and he's he's surrounded by a lot of seasoned actors, isn't he? In oh yeah, men. yeah. You know, if you look at the opera, the average age is about fifty. Yes, there's no there's no spring chickens there, is there? Let's be no. honest. And <laughs> the other guy, of course, in this who is brilliant, who plays General Clytus, um, is Peter Weingard. Absolutely. Who has, and it's still, I, I pissed myself laughing last night watching it because it is just a brilliant, brilliant line, is when Flash, um, <laughs> when Flash is chained up and he's got his sort of, uh, he's got that sort of, he's in his leather S&M pants. <laughs> yeah, it's the big spikes This is the other thing it. as well. <laughs> We're looking in the background because on the on the blue right now you can clearly see everything that's going on. Yeah. There's yeah. people being, there's some guy in the background being whipped. Yeah, um, yeah, and then just behind, just slight, it's just slightly. You, you just notice him. There's some poor black dude who's just been strung up, and he's just ha- in like the god yeah, knows how I, many years in the like I don't know, thirty-seven years I've been watching this film. I have yeah. never seen that poor bugger. Be, you know, I, he's just hanging. <laughs> yeah, I never noticed that myself, right? And I literally sort of do you double take and something you've seen something so familiar to see yeah. something you've never seen before. I literally did go. Oh my god, that's not a black box strung up in a cell. <laughs> no, just... and, I, and then it was like, oh shit, it is a black box strung up in a cell. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh my god, you know, because you know this cast is predominantly white, isn't it? Well, except for the poor guys who were all draped in gold at the beginning. Who, you know, oh, when, yeah. when he, when he bite, you know, yeah. when Ming makes, you know, when he, Ming stabs yeah. him. Yeah. You know, however, the, the line red. in that scene is where Clyde says to him, "I hear you refused your last meal." 
and uh, you know, flash it, you know, you know, the, the you know, because he's going to be executed. He says, "No, the chef will be upset." <laughs> <laughs> he's he's got a brilliant line later on in the film when um, it's just before um, uh, Clyde, uh, Ming and Flash Gordon face off in the Hawkman Castle. Yeah, he turns up, doesn't he? Yeah, he yeah, goes, yeah. Agent Zarkov, you will be executed for treason. And just walks away, <laughs> leaving him in there. And he's like, what? what? Yeah, quite cut in, you know. Brilliant. He's absolutely um, yeah. brilliant. And there's, there's a couple of other um, people in this cast. Oh, just going back to Peter Wingard, he was the inspiration for Austin Powers. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The old Jason King. Like, Jason you know, King, the yeah. Team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you got Richard O'Brien as well. Rick yeah. <laughs> Play your bloody pipe, fool. <laughs> <laughs> You've got um, a pre-Blue Peter, Peter Duncan. Yes. Who suffers that horrific monster death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've got, in a very brief passing moment, Robbie Coltrane. Yes, he's man at airfield. Man at airfield, yeah. (laughs) Now, coming back to Richard O'Brien and Peter Duncan, uh, did you notice who the lead, the priest was? Like the priest? Um, Os- uh, Peter Osborne, no, something like that. It's John Osborne. Now, right. For those of you who um, don't know, um, or, or you know, I'm going to say you don't know, or maybe I don't know John Osborne wrote a seminal piece of British theatre called "Don't Look Back in Anger." Right. It completely changed, completely changed British theatre, completely changed it. Yeah. Um. And yet, he's in a scene with Richard O'Brien from the Rocky Horror Show and the Crystal Maze and <laughs> Peter Duncan from Blue Peter. <laughs> Dressed in green. <laughs> green leather. <laughs> green leather. What is it with green leather in the 1980s? I don't know. Let's be honest. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, is he blind? No, 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 no. No, he just, you know. And this is the thing. Um... John Osborne was a good friend of Mike Hodges, the director of this. And right. um, people often ask him, he said, how did you get John Osborne to appear in the film? And essentially, he was at that stage in his, his career where he just wanted to just do anything other than write. Right. So he just decided, well, I remember just pop up in Flash Gordon. It's just, <laughs> it's just an insane, insane yeah. scene. Going, going back to Mike Hodges, do you know how he got the job? Well, it went through a fair hands, a couple of directors, didn't it? Because originally, yeah. Nicholas Rogue was hired. Yeah. But fell, out with, fell out with Dino, Dino Rentis, yeah. unsurprisingly. Yeah. And then he recommended to Dino Rentis, Mike Hodges, who at that point was best known for Get Carter, the Michael yeah. Caine, yeah. seminal, gritty 1970s gangster film, I suppose you want to call well, it. Yeah, it, it is. Um, and it's that's a brutal film. It really is quite and, brutal. Yeah, and quite and grim. Yes, and it, really it grim. Does, yeah, it it really does live up to the, its grim up north. Um, you know, adage that is uh, bestowed upon uh, the northeast of England. You know. Yeah. But um, you know, it, you talk about total contrasts. You know, you look at Get Carter and you look at you know a comic strip on screen. It's total polar opposite. But so. use the other bit as well. De Laurentiis wanted Fellini <laughs> yes. to direct this before yes. any of them. Now, did you notice 
you're going to say the Deep Roy now, isn't it? Deep Roy is being pulled around on the lead. <laughs> and the yeah. character's name is Bellini. <laughs> now, I, I think that was a little bit of a middle finger from De Laurentiis. To yeah. Now, it, it, now originally they tried to say that it was, or there was a production designer who worked on the film called last name was Fellini, and they that's where they bullshit. I'm calling bullshit, bullshit on that one. Yeah, yeah. It's like the old uh, denial by Michael Bolton. Yes, yes. It's it's nonsense. Well, <laughs> we haven't had one of these in a long time, and to be fair to my wife, she's really you know she's been really ill recently. <laughs> this last couple of weeks, really really ill. However, and she likes Flash Gordon. She enjoys Flash Gordon. But her, her, quick, her, her snap review on this one was a long film of ridiculousness. <laughs> that's, it's, that's, that does sum it up because the, 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 the ridiculousness is there for all to see. Um, I think it's fair to say this film can be considered as quite risky. Oh, my. Like, quite, quite. Yeah, it's, it's camp. It's camp. It, it, it is. It it's is, very yeah. S&M. Um, oh yeah, that that is my exact note. It's very S and M. You know, and like pretty much the women in the film don't wear an awful lot of clothing. No, no, and you know, um, rightly or wrongly, that would be frowned upon <laughs> in this day and age. It would, wouldn't it? You know, but like no you know, but, um, even Dale Arden, uh, when she's captured and she yeah. goes through multiple costume changes. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, but that's the th- the one thing about this film is the sets and the costumes are stunning. They are absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> this is going to sound nuts, but it's as kinky as this film can, <laughs> can be. It's not a particularly sexy film. No, no, no but no, but sex is everywhere in it. You know, well, it's it's part of. The culture is now. Yeah, know? and I remember somebody talking about, and I think it's a slightly controversial point that they were saying, which universe would you rather live in? Would you rather live in the Star Wars universe, yeah, or would you rather live in the Flash Gordon universe? Now, I've got to no. be honest with you. There is a big part of me that just likes the idea of my entire life being scored by Queen. <laughs> What, as opposed to scored by John Williams? Yeah, but can you imagine just walking, you know, the second you walk into a room and you're... Fair play, right? It's, we've been talking for, what, now, 20 minutes? Yeah. And it's taken us till now to even begin to mention Queen. Yeah. You know, and look, Queen were an astonishingly sex, a successful band. Um, they still are, you know, to a varying degrees. Um Although I don't say, I don't think they should be called Queen. They should be called no. Queen because there's only two of them. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, this was the first soundtrack they did because they they, they did Highlander later, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, their, their music has been used in bloody everything. Some people really don't like Queen. Um, yeah, but I, I think I, <sighs> I, I I I I like Queen. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say otherwise. But I've it's it's one of those bands you mention you like, and some people just give you death. They sneer, don't they? they uh, yeah. They're like, what? Yeah. Like, no. I, they just. I think you have to accept Queen for what they are. Like this film. Yes. They are loud. They are brash. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're able to produce moments of absolute magic, but at the same time, they're able. You're able, You know, you can have moments of going. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And. 
as as a kid growing up, um, I had an older cousin who's I used to borrow a lot of music, and he had the um, he had the Flash Gordon soundtrack on cassette. Oh, nice! And I, and I remember uh, listening to it a couple of times, you know, and everybody like everybody's favorite part of that soundtrack, uh, other than the theme too, is yeah. the the American football sequence. Yeah, that that piece of music is amazing. Um, <laughs> however. I have a very, very, very big issue with that part of the film. Why? Pray tell. <laughs> well, coincidentally, Flash Gordon is quarterback for the New York Jets, as we he is indeed. Reminded. He is indeed. The security guards all happen to dress like American football players. Are they on the right pills? <laughs> Execute the trainer. Um, <laughs> And the gifts just happen, just happen to be almost shaped like an American football. You see, now that's why I want to, I'd, I'd quite happily live in that universe because these things just happen for you. Yeah, I know, but really, <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, it's a brilliant sequence and it really is good, especially to see Dale Arden cheerleading as well. Mine, so and she uh... made that up, and that, that's an ad lib. Oh, really? She just really? made that up. It's an ad lib. It's a complete ad lib. <laughs> no, no, Max von Sydow, as much as he sort of, you know, to be fair to that man, you know, we talked in the last film about him suffering with costume and those type of things and just being the ultimate pro. Yeah, yeah. His full Ming the Merciless outfit, another one where you see him at the beginning where he comes up, yeah. and it's huge, it's massive. His yeah. costume weighed something like 70 pounds on him. Oh and God, he could, really? oh, yeah, and he could only stand up for a couple minutes at a time. Wow. Because he was it's just absolutely, you know, and what are you, the he's, one thing, he's, he's carrying a sword as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's carrying a sword. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's not enough, you know, big cloak, big everything. And I mean, you know, it's he must have been dying, but he's still having a blast. Yeah. And the one yeah. thing that I sort of, you know, got seen about the costumes in this is that actually, all the the design team, the crew, um, um, it, you know, because it's it's partly a product, uh, British production, and it's also yeah. partly an Italian production. Yeah, and the costume design is very, very Italian. It's very Italian sci-fi um, yeah. because they have a real feel. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Have you ever seen Mario Bava's uh, Planet of the Vampires from 1955? Um, no, I haven't. No. Right, I've never, I mean, of, I've never heard of it. I've there are two. You know, when you look at Planet of the Vampires, uh, lots of people will go, "Hmm, Mr. Ridley Scott." Did you get an idea for a certain film from Planet of the Vampires and maybe a certain <laughs> character? No, I've never seen it. Again, I'm calling bullshit on that one because uh, if you've ever seen Planet of the Vampires, you know he's talking shit. <laughs> the costumes in that are very, very similar. There's lots of leather. There's lots of these strange type helmet. It is it's so Italian. And yeah. this is the big thing as well, which always made, you know, which people talk about this film sort of, not get you know how we got made is is incredible because and this is a quote from uh mike hodges he says it is the only improvised 27 million dollar movie he has ever made because <laughs> he said you know he um so he had a producer who spoke mangled english a production designer who spoke none at all and both of them seemed to arrive from another galaxy and then once he realized that the film was <coughs> totally out of his control he just decided to make it up as he went along it's mental isn't it? and it, you know and mental. this gives a, a sign right of how bonkersly mad de Laurentiis is right 
Hodgson arrived in New York for a meeting, right? So he's there now, and he gets confronted with uh, with De Laurentiis and a production designer called Daniello Donati, who is, you know, he's a bit of a legend in sort of production design and those type of things. And then, basically, it, was, it became clear in the meeting that uh, Donati had never read the script, yeah. never read anything to do with um, uh, Flash Gordon, could just barely speak any English, right? And he had designed this set, right? These sets, which were totally, totally impractical. So, for example, he had designed, and they were going, he just wanted to build this, right? For, was a full-scale, three-lane motorway in Arborea. <laughs> right? What? Yeah. With all the cars, with full-size cars that worked on it, right? And then Hodgson was like, well, how are we going to do this? And he says, well, we've got, uh, we'll, we'll get McAlpine to build it. And, and he said, well, what about the cars? And he said, well, I have a team from Fiat working on it now. <laughs> what the fuck? What? A is a nice planet, though, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> no, Abori is the forest. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. The, the, the Fijian is the nice planet, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? what? Yeah, what? absolutely insanity. Insanity. And, like, the other thing as well, uh, the guy responsible um, for the script um, is... Uh, like Lorenzo Semple Jr. Yeah. He spoke no English. <laughs> right? He spoke no English. <laughs> However, he hired a translator. Right. Whose English was also horrific. <laughs> right. Well, that, that kind of explains... Um, a line in this film, right? That I, I, I right. I, we saw this about Prince Barry and the yeah, yeah, the best lines, yeah. right? You know, I'll give, I'll give you a couple of examples. Lying bitch, <laughs> freeze you bloody bastards, yeah. right? But there is this this line now. I've never, and this is gospel. I never owned Flash Gordon on video. I, when I had it on video, it was recorded off the TV. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Going back to those good old days. I, my sister bought me Flash Gordon on Blu-ray for my 40th birthday, right? Nice, nice. So, watched it, and I, I must have stepped out the room for this part, but when I watched it back recently for this, when Aura brings Flash to Aboria to, to stay with the Baron, right? Yeah. He says the following, I knew you were up to something, although I confess I hadn't thought of necrophilia. <laughs> I literally went, P -p pardon what? <laughs> rewound the scene, rewatched it, and rewound it again. And I thought to myself, in 37 years, I have never, ever noticed that line. Now, whether it was edited out for television, right? Yeah, yeah. It's entirely possible, right? Um, however... I literally <laughs> sat there aghast and rewinded it three times. Did he just say necrophilia? Yes, yeah, he, he did. did. He did say he did. necrophilia. Yeah. And I th I'm just like, oh. I mean, oh, so did that get lost in translation, perhaps? Did it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, and they, when they were writing the script, um, there were things that sort of, you know, came out of it. And like the script would say, in walks a beautiful woman. Okay. Right. And like his, the, the Simpler Juniors um, translator would go, Oh, of course, in walks a beautiful cat. What? <laughs> it's basically the woman couldn't speak English. 
and we're just <laughs> making things up as it goes. You know, and use the other line as well. You know, when Flash and Baron are having the campest fight ever with whips. Yeah. On a tilting on a tilting scale, and the, you know yeah. the spikes are coming up, but everything yeah. else, yeah. you know. And then she's going, Flash, Flash, I love you, but we only have fourteen hours to save the Earth. It's like wrong time, we'll have wrong time. <laughs> kind of staying alive at the moment. Um, you know, you know, as a very intense Timothy Dalton is trying to push Sam Jones's face through a spike. Yeah, yeah, health and safety sort of went out the window a little bit for me. That, that fight is actually, is actually, yeah, it is Campanos, you know, but it is quite brutal, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, know? and it's a proper punch up. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's, it's all to see on screen, but you've got a question, uh, Voltan's, you know, mindset that, you know, in his main throne room in the middle, at least we forget now, it looks like a floating Disney castle, right? <laughs> in the middle of his throne room. I think that was has... actually filmed at Brian Blessed's house. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh, it'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> in the middle of his throne room, for his amusement, he'll have a massive drop hole, um, and in the middle, he'll have a, a tilting platform that just happens on occasion to bring up spikes for his own amusement. Yeah, yeah, perfectly you know, stable, what, perfectly yeah, normal. That's, that, that's not unusual at all, is it? Let's be honest. The other great line is, of course, and you know what he sort of, you know, he thinks Gordon's dead, and they're all sat around poked in. Yeah. And he said, where are you? He said, flying blind on a rocket cycle. <laughs> yeah. He's got a terrible habit of repeating what he's just been told, doesn't he? You know, like he's questioning everything. You know, and it, of course it comes to the infamous line, his name, Gordon's alive. You know, you could see every jewel, you know, every oh, sinew and everything. Just working. However, my favourite, favourite story of Brian Blessed on this. Yeah. Is doing the and I think the the battle with the wall rocket Ajax, you know that that Amazing action sequence. Scene, it's a brilliant, brilliant sequence. Brilliant. I remember as a kid watching that scene over and over and over and over again. You know, and then yeah. because the, this film was one of the very first films to start pioneering green screen and blue screen and those type of things. Yeah, and on, got, on Blu-ray though. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't. You know, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> we've, we've said repeatedly have we yeah. you know yeah special effects time and place you know yeah. the Tadston film yeah brilliant and you've got the Hulk uh, men floating you know these poop essentially they just yeah. hang them there and then you know when you can hear them going yeah. dive so they're all like and then, but the music yeah. in that scene is amazing the drumming and everything is, it's just amazing yeah. amazing right however it's, it, yeah he arrives you know Voltan gets into the fight yeah and then he's got his cardboard bazooka because all the guns were made of cardboard. <laughs> and then apparently during the filming, he was actually going. Pew, pew, pew. I read, I, 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 I read or saw um, an interview with um, who was it? Was it? I think it might have been Ewan McGregor or Liam Neeson when they were making Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And they they have quite a few like saber sequences yeah. in there. George Lucas had to pull them aside and say, "Can you stop going?" <laughs> well, Mike, when they were having a lightsaber fight. Yeah, well, Mike Hodges, the, the, the actual line was, and Sam Jones would do it as well. So the two of them at one point, so you had Sam Jones and Brian Blessed both going, pew, pew. but the line was, the, the, um, cut, um, Brian, um, it's okay, we can add the sound effects in later. <laughs> Uh, yes. And if, if the thing is, right, 
as fans, we can totally relate to that. Oh, like, God, we, yeah. Can you imagine me and you on a Star Wars set? Well, again, confession time. Um, way back in my uh, my thespiatorial days. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, I did a pilot uh, episode for a TV series for ITV called right. Red Dragon. Right? Right. Nothing to do with the Lecter films at all, but it was supposedly a cross between Red Dwarf, um, Battlestar Galactica, and Twin Town. And... Um, <laughs> as I've seen, I remember... Just stop being, there, just stop there. Right, right, I, remember being on, I remember being on set, and they've got me all kit... And basically, I was essentially playing the guy's Chewbacca... Right, so right, so I'm all kitted out. I'm in my big sort of. Uh, I've got this big bomber leather bomber jacket on, and I've got these two guns, laser guns in my hand, and we had to film an action scene. Right, and I actually got to say the lines, <laughs> cover me, and get to jump through the air shooting two. Honestly, it was like the great. But it gets better. Please, than that. please, please tell me this footage of this. Please I can't find him. it anywhere. I cannot oh. find it anywhere. That's how good it was. It went out on ITV at about. Um, I think it went out at about three o'clock in the morning. Um, I think my mother's got a VHS of it somewhere. She would have. But the best part of that is, this. I had to do another action moment where I had to kick the door through. Right, and then sort of charge through, looking all brave. Well, I kicked the, got all a bit excited, got, and then kicked the door so hard it hit the wall, bounced back, and smacked me right in the face. <laughs> and I remember sitting there thinking, if this ever gets shown, I'm never going to work again. <laughs> and guess what? Ah, <laughs> oh, describe it for me again. A cross between red dwarf. Star Galactica uh, and Twin Town. Because, <laughs> like, the idea was that there was this planet called um, called Kaio, which was like, well, which was called Kaio, which was like this Welsh planet, um, and there was another giant planet, and the water was being stolen from the one plat from the from this big Welsh planet, and like Dragon, who is like the hero of the thing, and myself get involved. We steal a spaceship. Uh, and we're joyride, we're, we're intergalactic joyriders, and then we end up getting involved. Oh, it was. Oh. <laughs> who, who, who directed that? Um, I can't remember his name now, but needless to say, I don't think he's done an awful lot since. Oh my god, did he write it as well? Yeah, it was. Oh, honestly, it, um, in terms of like the casting process, I had, you know, I had an agent at the time, and he said, "Oh, look, they, they think you'd be really good for this part." Um, and I was like, oh, right, okay. And he saw us for TV, is for this, is for that. So, you know, why don't you go meet with the director and all those type of things? I literally had a 10-minute conversation, and he said, well, look, can't really afford anyone. Uh, you're cheap, so you've got the part. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, will try I, and track it down. I will try I, and track it down. Oh, I would pay the money to see that. I genuinely would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you've never mentioned that to me before. <laughs> And how, how many podcasts have we done now? I know, Nine, I know. ten, or whatever it is, and you've never brought that up. <laughs> I think I, I do think with good reason as well, yeah, man, because yeah. anything described as a cross between Red Dwarf, Battlestar Galactica, and Twin Town. <laughs> However, to give you some idea, the special effects in Flash Gordon were much better than this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. 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 Back to this one. Now, here's another link for this film. 
Yeah. You have got four actors in this film who've all appeared in Bond films. Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Max von Sydow. What Bond films? Yeah. Um, he's one of the villains in I can't remember which one, but he was in um he was in that one. Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Of course. Uh we said Timothy Dalton, Max von Sydow, Topol was in a Bond film. Really? And yeah. And Robbie Coltrane was in a Bond film. Yeah, I remember Robbie Coltrane was in um, Gognite, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, all... I, don't, I, I, I don't remember Max von Sydow in a Bond film. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Who did he play? Hang on, hang on. What was, what was that website called again that you were referring to? I think it's uh, something to do with like an, a, a, a database online. Oh, or... right. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, oh, come on. Come on. Don't fail me now. Bond film. I'll tell you which one it was. It would never say never again, which is ah. the unofficial Bond film. Ah, no. Never say never again. Directed by Irving Kirshner, if I remember correctly. It is indeed. It is indeed. And yeah. I think it's one of the very few films where Sean Connery's toupee out acted him. <laughs> <laughs> You had um, I had a funny story about um, Sean Connery. Um, <laughs> I listened to um, a, a podcast um, called The Magic Sponge, which yeah. is a couple of comedians, and they talk about football and they get ex players in yeah. to talk about yeah. uh, their careers and like you know the wild escapades of professional sports people. And they had uh, Neil Ruddock in Neil Razor Ruddock, right? Yes. Um, Who's an absolute giant of a man? He's, he's enormous, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was telling the story of him at a golf club with Ian Wright, who again is a, is a footballer, <laughs> brilliant striker, right? They're on the lash, um, and in walks Bruce Forsyth, Sean Connery, <laughs> and Jimmy Tarbuck, right? Right, the three amigos. Right? No. Ian Wright starts winding Razor Reddick up. They're drinking Stella, right? <laughs> Razor Reddick says, I've stopped, after this day, I stopped drinking Stella Artois because the state I got in off it. Basically, Ian Wright is a wind-up merchant. He's yeah. constantly jibbing on to people, right, when he was a player. He went, he went on to uh, Razor Reddick and he basically said, I bet you can't fucking knock out James Bond. Order <laughs> it all, all day, all day. So Razor Ruddock now, drinking more, drinking more, thinks, oh, in my inebriated state, I'll, I'll buy a round of drinks for them. And guess what drink he sent Sean Connery? Oh, no. Oh, what? yes. <laughs> A martini, chicken, not stirred. <laughs> And yeah. apparently they kept on and on and on and on, right? To the yeah. point where Sean, Sean Connery basically walked up to him and said, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh my God. Well, the thing what is, Sean story. Connery is no shrinking violet. I mean, uh, I think, you know, he could, he's, you know, can look after himself. Yeah, he was, he was like Mr. Universe. He was a Mr. Point, Universe at one point, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look at, you know, when he headbutted the director of... Um, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That was, uh, you know, a, 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 a fucking awful. Oh film. god! Oh well, god! Tell you what, there's another story about um, well, what's his name? Um, oh, Stephen Fleming. Arrington. 
Norrington, is it? The guy directed yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Stephen Norrington. Um, what's the guy? Um, oh, he's in every Lockstock. Uh, he's in Lockstock and... Oh, um, Jason Fleming. Jason Fleming. Yeah, Jason Fleming was saying about, you know, bef- the, he, he, he hadn't long, you know, made his big break in it and he's obviously playing uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. And they get sent a memo, all the actors, on the way in which they should behave when Sean is on set. Go on. And it's not from Connery. It's by all his like, people and all that type of thing. And it says, rule number one, do not do the voice. <laughs> rule number two, do not do the voice. So what did he... <laughs> So what did he spend his entire time doing? <laughs> Verbal. <laughs> now, uh, coming back to Flash Gordon. Flash I Gordon, mean, yeah, we were talking about Flash Gordon. We were talking about Flash Gordon. I mean, of course, Sam Jones got the part of Flash Gordon. Yes. Um, he had been, I think he made an appearance on a, an American TV show called The Dating Game, which is like the UK equivalent, I think, of Blind Date. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then he was very briefly in uh, the movie 10, the Dudley Mobo Derek film. All right, yeah. And he also did a issue of Playgirl. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, yeah. he, did, he, he did an issue of Playgirl. Um, and De Laurentiis' wife spotted him and quite liked him. And then he got the part. But guess, do you know the two actors who originally were considered for the role of Flash Gordon? Go ahead. Kurt Russell. Yeah. But they thought he might be a little bit too bland. What? I know, I know, Kurt Russell. And here's the best one. And the only reason that this actor did not get the part was because of his accent. Go on. Arnold. Oh, that would have been ridiculous. Can you imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger as Flash Gordon? That would have been preposterous, wouldn't it? Would it would have been be terrifying. Honest. It would have been absolutely terrifying. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the one-liner when the spaceship goes, you know, that's the, in terms of killing off your bad guy, okay, spoiler alert, guys, pause it, go watch the film if you haven't, it would like back. an idea this release. Yeah. Um, how do you kill the bad guy? I'm going to fly my spaceship right through him. <laughs> could you imagine the, could you imagine the one-liner? Oh, be, I heard you liked it deep, Ming. Oh, that's some seriously precision flying on Flash oh, Gordon's back. That's amazing. Part, that it? is amazing. Um, is... Oh, my God. Can you imagine that film would have been diabolical, wouldn't oh, it? It would, it, it, it would have been it, right it would up been... there with Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah. It yeah. would have been right up there with Batman and Robin. Yeah. And... <laughs> but could you imagine how tight that Flash vest would have been? You've just taken the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, could you imagine what that T-shirt would have looked like on <laughs> You know, and that was that was probably prime Arnie as well. Oh yeah, that you know he was just coming off. I mean, obviously McCorn not barbarian. He just won his final Mister Mister um, Olympia. I mean, yeah. he, he was in at that moment. He was in the peak physical condition that he's that he's been in. Yeah, buff. I think the word is, isn't it? Brick, <laughs> brick shit house is the yeah, actual. Uh... Yeah, yeah. No, um, oh, that would have been terrible, wouldn't it? Oh, it's just terrible. You know, it's but this is the thing. I think we, you know, obviously we've sort of we've talked about everything. You know, this film has got moments in it of wonderful campery. It has got some just and everybody's performance in this film is so straight. Nobody plays it up. Nobody plays it for laughs. No, everybody is so straight in this film. Yeah, yeah, and I think they have to really because. <laughs> 
when you sort of considered every little aspect that comes together as the whole, isn't it? Yeah. Being conducted by this lunatic who's, you know, <laughs> who's power mad, um, you know, who tires and fires at, at a whim. I mean, to fire your main actor when the film is in post-production. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, that's utterly astonishing, isn't it? Utterly yeah. astonishing. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean, you know, he, you know it's just it is insanity when and, and the fact that he actually managed to destroy his own film yeah in post-production yeah, just destroyed you know, it yeah and you know we, we discussed it on the doing podcast and he wanted a franchise didn't he oh, he completely, wanted completely. he wanted he wanted star wars he didn't get star wars no um he did he almost got early star trek <laughs> 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 you know with the with the the, the, the foam boulders and shit like that but yeah um I, I will say, though, right? The money is on the screen, isn't it? You know, oh, it does yeah. And yeah, the special, special effects and all the best. Yeah, and you know, and that pink swirly effect for the sky constantly used. Yeah, yeah. You know, if that's 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 slightly saturated, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, you know, it's not this there on the screen. But the thing is, why, why would he? Why would he end the fr- potential franchise? You know, yeah, before yeah. it starts. Yeah. It's, and, you know. And, and to let the film finish the way it does. Well, exactly. Well, it, it's kind of like Masters of the Universe, isn't it, with Dolph Lundgren? You know, That's after the credits. Terrible film. Oh no! Oh, How terrible can you say? Film. How can you say that? I can say it because it is a terrible film. <laughs> I mean, um, our good friends Gaul and Globus again, oh, isn't it? You know, God. you know, we talk about awesome. you know crazy people, you know. God bless those men. God bless them. Yeah, um, yeah but Masters Universe is fucking rubbish, man. Yeah. I mean, when you when you main when your main story arc is that um, a musical instrument is, is the key to other other universes and that's not even you, you're just humming bollocks, eh, mate? Actually, yeah. yeah, you're not exactly making Close Encounters here. You're making a film about plastic. Plastic toys, the ultimate being, and Frank Langella, bless him, looks ridiculous. That he's brilliant, though. He is. He's brilliant. brilliant. Actor. He's a brilliant actor, but that makeup, oh, terrible. Yeah, Absolutely but it's terrible. Sort of like, it ends in that sort of really strange because he wanted the saga. He, he, originally, he wanted to call it the Flash. Go- Delorentis wanted to call it the Flash Gordon saga. You're right. Um, you know, but yeah. well, I, I I read. Brian Blessed apparently has said um, on a DVD, um, a reissue of when, it, uh, when, when this has been reissued, he said in an interview that the plan was to set it as per the comics on Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, that, that plan was in place, you know. Yeah, I mean, then, have, you then, s- have, you, have you seen any of the other the Flash Gordon stuff? Uh, well, no, the, like the TV serials and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, because you've got, you got Flash Gordon, then you've got Flash Gordon on Mars. And... Yeah. Which is, you know, which is actually really, really good. I mean, the effects are terrible. They're really funny. They're really, really funny. And, like, I, I, the sword fights are, like, all the swords are wobbling away. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, but I think when you've got something like Flash Gordon in the TV series at that time, because it was black and white, please forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was never really going to sort of sell itself, you know, like it would in a film in the, like, say, 1960s, 1970s, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's there's um, 
there's articles out there that suggest that the 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 vibe they were sort of aiming for, despite the, you know it being camp and everything, was like the Batman TV show. Yeah, well, well, actually, the guy behind the uh, they did have a, you know they had a script doctor on this who was actually yeah. a part who was responsible <laughs> for the Batman TV show. All right, yeah. So hence you can get you know you get that campy vibe to it, but they, you know right. they originally they were going to have Flash Gordon. I think they, Flash Gordon uh, trips to Mars is the follow up, and then yeah. they had Flash Gordon conquers the universe. Right, um, which I don't know. They may would have wanted to play around with those titles, but yeah. they were all lined up, and the actors were all signed to multiple contracts. Yeah, and then Sam Jones gets fired. <laughs> it kind of fucks it all up. Yeah, in post production, in post production. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, right? Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to highlight uh, certain things, but it's you think about that now right happening and you look at Ridley Scott's upcoming film All the Money in the World yes yeah binned off a certain actor and has replaced that actor entirely with um, Christopher Plummer yeah yeah he shot it and edited it into the film in a month yeah yeah now Ridley Ridley Scott's renowned for his his work in ethics anyway right but you think now a multi-million dollar film Oh, it's just, you know, it's, it's unheard of. It is unheard of, really. You know. And, and there's a reason it, why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we won't go into. But, you know, you think now, if Flash Gordon was being made now, they would do that. Well, here's the thing, right? Flash Gordon has been around, you know, he's, he's, he's nearly 60, I think he's 69 years old now, Flash Gordon. Right? 1934 it was, 1934. Yeah. Right, so you've got... Uh, and it's been around, and loads and loads and loads of people have been attached to it. Now, the most sort of the closest it's got to it is that um, it almost got greenlit when it landed on Ridley Scott's desk in the early two yeah. thousands. Yeah. Um, then it got passed over to Breck Eisner, who was responsible for Sahara, <laughs> and he wanted Matthew McConaughey to play Flash. That that would make sense, wouldn't it? You know, the, well, yeah, yeah. The blonde head, blue eyed hero, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, that would make sense. Um, Currently, is it Matthew Vaughan sniffing around? Matthew Vaughan has the rights to Flash Gordon. Now he would be a good fit for it. He's yes. worked, you know, he's worked in the comic book universe. At least we forget. Um, yes, with Kickass and Kingsman and. Um, X Men as well, didn't he? Yeah, 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 first yeah. class. Um, you know, he, he's, he knows his ways around the film, and he he, he, cer- he certainly can shoot an action sequence. I mean, oh yeah, pick pick any of the, the kick ass action sequence, pick any of the Kingsman ones as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, he, that, that would be a good fit, and I don't know whether perhaps they would go back to this for inspiration. I don't think they could because I think, and then and sort of, I think this brings us nicely to sort of you know. Rounding, rounding up Flash Gordon actually is that this is a film very much of his time. It is, you know, we're looking at it now, and I think some people might say, Oh, well, you're looking at it through rose tinted lenses. Well, maybe, but actually, this is a film completely of his time. It yeah. is fantastically entertaining. It looks gorgeous for all of its, you know, special effects faults and everything else. It looks fantastic, yeah. it sounds fantastic. The performances yeah. are mental, but they work. It all, yeah. you know. At no point yeah. do you think, Christ, what's he doing? Yeah, because you, know, you get a couple of films, and you where you watch somebody, and it's like, 
you know, it's like any time, sometimes you watch Christopher Walken in a certain film and you yeah. think, is he in the same film as everybody else? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do know what you mean. I, 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 that compliment is said with all the best will in the world. Yeah, yeah. I totally, totally get what you mean. And I mean, yeah. have you ever seen Communion? Um, the alien abduction one. Yeah, I think Holy I have. shit. That, <laughs> oh, oh. Look, I can watch, I don't mind watching something that's a bit odd. I can, I, I can, I can kind of get, but no, 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 no. yeah, forget communion. Because it's, 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 it's crazy. It is crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right, though, about the time and the place. Because I, I, it'd be nice to see a modern sci-fi take on the comic strips with... Yeah, do, do, do you know what I mean? Because, yeah, and know, I mean the, because... the, the advent of technology, right? Um, I think they tried to do it with John Carter because that's the same era, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the the biggest difficulty is, and if you've ever, I, I've I've got a couple of the John Carter novels because Ed, Edgar Rice Burroughs. Um, yeah, yeah, and people, you know, the difficulty with John Carter is Edgar Rice Burroughs was a complete racist. Um. <laughs> And his books are very, very difficult. To, it's a bit like Lovecraft, but love, you know, it, it's yeah. quite difficult to read some Lovecraft stuff because of his sort of his own yeah. personal beliefs. And I think, yeah, you yeah. Know. But it, 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 I, if I'd like to see a modern interpretation of the the the, the original comics, the technology's yeah. there; it can yeah. be done. Oh, completely. Um, and going back to John Carter, I don't think John Carter is a bad film in any way, shape, or form. It's. I think Disney cocked up the marketing totally with it. Yeah, I mean, and to, to be honest with you, I, Disney is probably the wrong place for John Carter to be. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with him probably because they they totally bollocks the marketing up on it yeah. totally. Yeah, um, they, the original promo stuff they started putting up looked really good. It did look. It was a poster sent out like a black and white one, and it looked good. And then the stuff they started putting out after. Which is like block lettering, and yeah, it, just did, yeah. it didn't suit the film at all. It's like Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex could have been absolutely brilliant because it's a really, really good graphic novel. It's a really, really yeah. good series of books. Really, really good. And uh, Solomon Kane. Solomon Kane could have been amazing. It could have been brilliant. But again, it was a yeah. total fuck up. Total fuck yeah. up. Yeah, but I, I think Matthew Vaughan, I think, should perhaps consider if he does it and if it happens. Go back to the source material and do it that way, but in a modern, yeah, yeah. modern sense. Keep keep the, the funny shaped spaceships because I know they do in the, this in this film. Yeah, yeah. The spaceships is a harking back to those original days. Yeah, they look brilliant. But they do. Somewhat yeah. phallic. <laughs> well, repeatedly phallic. Yes, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you know, there's, there's one thing we haven't said in this, this film, and I know we're trying to wrap it up. But yeah. do you know when? Um, Auras flying the uh, ship to Aboria. Yes. Flash Gordon. And she goes, I'm going to use telepathy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he goes, you can speak with your mind. And she's like, yes. And have you got it on Earth, isn't it? And what, yeah. no, I can contact Dale. Yes, you can. And Dale's been on the wine. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know, it's only recently, again now, one of these things that crop up. You've seen it a million times. He's going, Dale. Can you hear me? Over. Yeah. And yeah. after every sentence, she's just communicating. Oh my God, Flash, can you hear you? Yes, can you hear me? And he's going, Yes, Dale. Can you hear me? Over. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say over after speaking. <coughs> yeah. 
Oh, excuse me. I got it right in front of me now. I don't know if you can see it. But actually, is that's the John Carter. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the first book in the John Carter series. And when you when you look at that, does that actually look like a Disney production? No, no, you it know, looks like more like it, it looks more like a HBO production. Yeah, and it's kind you know, and again, you know, Burroughs uh, was an alumni of Lovecraft, and they communicated with each other, yeah. and. Um, you know, it's you know all the Conan. You know, the, this is the thing; they're all kind of linked together in the same kind of universe. You yeah, know, and yeah. It, that's. I, I think it needs to remain in that universe, and I think Flash Gordon would be, like you said, would be absolutely brilliant to be shot as it originally, as it was originally seen in the third. I think yeah. it would be great. It yeah. would be really, really good. <coughs> and it probably look out there weird enough. To pique people's interest as well. Yes, completely. You know, you know, it's got its own audience. I'm not saying otherwise, but if they were to do it that way, I think it would really work. It really yeah. would work. <coughs> and as we said, you know, it'd probably be a CGI mess in parts. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> what? And this one isn't. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's it is great. a great, great film. So, in terms of scoring this one, um, I mean. I love this film with every ounce of my being. Is it perfect? Hell no. Is it a mess at times? Yes. Is it, a, it you know, the, but the fact, like I said, it's, you know, the director admitted that it's a complete, you know, they improvised pretty much a $27 million film. Um, I, you know, I would score this an 8.5 out of 10. Um, I'd probably say a 7.5 to 8, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know exactly where you're getting with it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's loud. It's it can it, it give you a bloody headache if you stay oh, yeah. too long. Well, I was going to say you um, might want to avoid it today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm coming around a bit now. I'm coming around a bit. You know, um, but yeah, it's um, it's loud. It's brash. The sequel that never happened as well is really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, and really frustrating. It's that is really frustrating because it would have been a riot again. Like, oh, you know. You know, and, and you can see that you know Max von Sydow is having a blast, the Wingard's having a blast. Even though Timothy Dalton, you know, my favorite, and I, I know we're, still, we're, 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 coming, we're coming to the close, but my favorite line in this is when he goes, "I've changed aura," and she goes, "I've changed too," and then Topper goes, "I haven't changed at all." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it's it's those little moments that make the whole. Yes. So it's like, for example, um, Baron and Zarkov are chained up in the cells, yes. thinking they're going to be executed. Have you ever noticed the graffiti yes. on the wall? Um, Long live Flash. Long live Flash. And it's the line then that Baron says, tell me more about this Houdini. <laughs> and, right. Zarkov, do you know they wipe his mind? Yes. Why is it from a third person's perspective? Oh. Why isn't it? Why isn't it from his perspective? Well, is it you know? Is it his thoughts projecting? You know, are we looking at astral projection? Well, or is no, it like it, in that it, dream where you're watching yourself? That, well, but that, that in itself, that, there's a great line in that when Hitler pops up and he goes, mm, "Now he showed promise." No, yes. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, I, I tell you, and we haven't even mentioned General Carla. Oh, General Carla, Flash Gordon approaching on a rocket cycle. Yeah, we haven't mentioned General Carla. Who, what happened, you know, how is it she dissolves when she dies? <laughs> well, yeah, they, they 
the people when they die in this film, they tend to die rather painfully, don't they? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, you know, the uh, guy who gets stabbed by Ming by his own yeah, sword. Yeah. Blue, blood. blue blood. Blue blood. Um, Carla dies. She's got green blood. Yeah. No, it's black. Or black. It's black. It's black, black blood. Isn't it? um, it's the, the way Top Bull sort of just like steps over it. <laughs> yeah. And the um, Aborians have got green blood then, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Collectors when he gets uh, thrown onto the spike and his eyes and his tongue pop. Like that's, yeah. That's, and then yeah, he dissolves. But, yeah. And do you know what the mental thing is? We're all saying about these scenes. This film is a PG rated yeah. film. <laughs> Like, sorry, BBFC, have you actually fucking watched the film or what? Well, here's the thing, right? They had an absolute shit fit over The Exorcist, and then they kind of miss, you know, the family-friendly thing where people are getting thrown onto spikes, they're yeah. getting shot. Fly, flying around in phalluses. Yes, yeah. But, and, and there's S&M everywhere, but, you yeah. know, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. See, I've just thought of another line that Arnold, if Arnold had been cast at the end of it. <laughs> Go on. You know. You're finally getting the shaft, Ming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I I wonder if Arnold ever had a Flash T-shirt. Oh, he's bound to have. He's bound bound to have, have. isn't he? Yeah. Bound to have. And I bet he had a pair of Nike Cortez as well. Yes. The trainers. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and that's the other bit as well. Not the pilots at the beginning of the... the, Who were flying the plane at the beginning. Yeah. Will you sign this for me? Uh, sign this for my kid. What's your kid's name? Buzz. Buzz. <laughs> you can it's, a great, it's, a... it's written by an Italian trying to get as yeah. much Americanisms in it. Yes, the yes. thing, even though that scene is supposed to be um, in America, it's actually sh- it was actually shot in the Isle of Skye Scot- in Scotland. Yeah, in Scotland. <laughs> Hence Robbie Coltrane. Hence Robbie Coltrane. Yeah. But um, there's a cool shot in that. Um, when they started the turbulence and all the rest. Yeah, yeah. And you see Ming's face yes. come towards the, the the plane. Yeah. And I, I've often thought of myself, right, I know I know that he's flying hot hail at the planet Earth and he's yeah. setting off typhoons and what have you. The fact that he projects himself into a plane. And it's the laughter as well as the plane is going up and down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, just, look, this film and, is just magic. No. Of course, one of the things that this that Flash Gordon tends to have is a, I would say a large selection of, but I think that's probably being a little bit sort of, uh, I don't know, not politically incorrect, but there is a number of there are a number of little people in this uh, in this film, some draped in tinfoil, um, yeah. and then there are others who bear a passing resemblance to a sort of desert dwelling type creature yeah in the um in the sequence after um flash has been executed and he's in his coffin yeah um <laughs> that coffin is tended to to extremely javaresque um creatures um in front of that astonishing headstone which looks I, real by the my way, exact words to my wife was that's how I want my headstone <laughs> in the Flash Gordon lettering oh completely completely <laughs> yeah and um, yeah and it was like my god that look Flash, Flash Gordon came out in the 1930s Star Wars came out in the 1970s there's always going yeah. to be a crossover of sorts between both universes you know accidentally or you know, <laughs> lovingly, shall we say? <laughs> um, yeah, but um, 
yeah, you're going back to the the actors, you know, they uh, they are at one point made to look like part of um or a, the, like a pantomime horse the wrong way round, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the old pantomime horse you should be the body, should be, you know, you know, in front. Yeah. But these things like they they've got like dynasty shoulder pads, haven't they? You know. And um it just means they can they can brand um swords like T Rexes, isn't yeah. it? You know? <laughs> Restricted arm movement, and it's like that. You know, obviously, it's you know, in the American football scene, that guard gets stabbed in the ass. Yeah, that was it. Just, you, you just think, oh, and then he steps <laughs> on his foot. Yes, 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 yes. The uh, the infamous American football sequence that happens <laughs> to be conducted by New York Jets quarterback Flash Gordon, but that's just a minor, a minor. However, plot, you know, that scene was improvised. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The entire idea uh, yeah. for that scene was between Melody and Anderson and uh, Sam Jones, where there was a bit of a they they need they felt like they they needed something uh, in the film for that moment because not a lot had happened at that point. So they just thought, yeah. I know, we'll have a improvised American yeah, football yeah, scene. Yeah, and one thing this film hasn't got a lot of in talking about um, creatures and whatnot. Um, it has. It's got monsters, but it hasn't yeah. got an abundance of monsters. Is it? No, no, you've got, not at all. You've got different races and whatnot, but you don't have um, an abundance of different creatures. You've got the like the Aborian creatures, which I think we already talked yeah. about. Um, you know, being quite fleshy, isn't it? You know, um, especially that big pillow bag. That, um... <laughs> that that in terms of special effects, that is dire. It's it's absolutely <laughs> dire. Yeah, but it it looks, ugh, and I suppose that's what you want from a swamp monster, isn't it? You know, um, but um, it, it's um, it you know there aren't a lot of creatures per se, which you know when you think that that was probably something like a selling point that that yeah. sort of doesn't exist yeah. because in the car, looking at the old cartoons, there is the odd shaped creatures in there, isn't there? You know, quite a lot, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> Harking back to like not many creatures, um, I feel we need to address a, a, a bunch of characters that are in the film quite a lot. Um, I refer to them, and I think you'd refer to them totally separately as the Snout Troopers. Yeah. Now, <laughs> these these are the these are the the, the the troopers who bomb around the palace. You know, with those ridiculous round nose things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it it appears to be a weak point for them as well. You know, well, it's yeah, is, it's a flaw. Yeah, but probably a flaw in the mask, and isn't it? Isn't it? You know, yeah. Um, you know, and they they they, they fall into that classic stormtrooper school of not being able to hit the target. It's because have you noticed their eyes are blacked out, so they're wearing sunglasses indoors all the time. Yeah, but you think technology would be as such that, you know, they'd have a targeting mechanism <laughs> in, in the glasses, despite it being made, those helmets being made out of felt. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody else gets PVC, you know, skull caps and masks that are really ornate. And, you know, the, the, you, you, the people are supposed to be defending the, the palace and wearing felt helmets. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, you know, you and you see the other guys, they're all draped in, like, gold armour. Yeah, yeah, and then you've got a bit of you know, so you know you you can imagine them all sat around in the canteen, can't you? So they say, well, <laughs> yeah. so what, what type of body armor have you got? Oh, well, I've got this metal plate, this gold metal plate. In what about you? Bit of felt. Yeah. 
Oh, I'll bring the kids over in their fuzzy letters later. We'll have fun <laughs> on your forehead, is it? Yeah, but going back, going back to the creatures, the lizard men. Oh, persecuted beyond belief, or well, just innocent victims? Well, I don't. You know, it's like the, you know when it goes right at the beginning with that like floating thing goes halt, lizard man, and then just goes Psh, and the noise and yeah. the noise effect just goes and it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You can see the strings on that gold thing as well. <laughs> Blu- Blu-ray is unforgiving, man. I mean, oh, it's really unforgiving. Like, we've said yeah. it's about, you know, the the obvious <laughs> frames, you know, overlapping each other. And I had it know. up on the, um, on the, like, the cinema screen up in the attic. Yeah. And there are moments, like I said, there are moments when you look at this, there are, you sort of see, like, you know, you notice, like, the big, uh, like, heads of Ming. Like the big yeah. statue heads, and like they look really impressive. But like you said, sometimes the string does tend to be fairly visible. Yeah, yeah, it's... and you know, it, we always say the same thing. We've said it repeatedly in this. You know, time and a place is good. You know, you take it for what it is, and yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes you know, well, the, the Star Wars, the Star Wars reissues with the touched up effects, you know, Ooh. doesn't work no. personally. No. You know, don't get me wrong. It, it says everything when the one film that was touched up the least is the best a lot in Empire Strikes Back. Well, and I mean, the other thing as well, I think, you know, not diving into Empire too much because I'm sure we'll spend like a week talking about Empire. But, yeah. you know, out of all of those, it feels the more real. Yeah, and, you know, it's a tactile film. It's the, I'm sorry, the, the original Star Wars films are fairly tactile. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, this <laughs> this was was never a film that was going to be grubby and dirty. No, it, it doesn't fall into the realms of realism, does it? No, no, and it's just opulence, isn't it? You know, <laughs> it's it's everything in the grandiose. You know, for want of a better way, it's uh, Trump Tower, isn't it? <laughs> Mongo. Perhaps that's where it should be. Actually, well, <laughs> I, you know, apparently the the redesigning of the White House is about to take place. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if, it, if it looks like a, sp- a floating space um, Disney castle, let me know where the influence is, isn't it? You know? We haven't even mentioned Munson either. <gasps> Have you noticed nobody bats an eyelid when he gets crushed? No, and Zarkov is exe- incredibly calm when a plane crashes into his greenhouse. Yeah. Or, have you noticed, as the, pl- as the rocket is taking off, Zarkov is the only one who's struggling to get his seatbelt on? Yeah. <laughs> You know, he's there like, oh, God, God, my God. yeah, pressed the button. Yeah. Then you got, you know, got Sam Jones and Dale Arm. They may as well be going, doopy doo, shoop doo, into the car. There we go, click, click. 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 every trip. <laughs> yeah, now, the... he's yes. been in some pretty, uh, he's been in some pretty big films. William uh, Hooting, is he? Yes, he was in yeah. Rings of the Lost Ark, he was yes, in he was. Star Wars. Uh, yes, he was. You know, he pops up all over the place. He's one of these, you know, great little, you know, character actors. Character act, yeah, yeah. Wasn't he in... He's in another film as well, which escapes me. Um, But bringing up Star Wars, do you know who the DOP was for this film? Um, No. Gilbert Taylor, who was... Go on. He was the the director of photography, right, for Star Wars... Wow. Doctor Strangelove, The Omen, Repulsion, A Hard Day's Night, nice. and Frenzy, amongst others. Nice. Right? 
Now, if if I was a if I was a, a director of photography and my CV said that, I'd be a very happy man. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I mean I don't know I don't know about you, but I love uh, Doctor Strange. Love. Oh, I got it on Blu-ray. Oh. I got it. Oh, Gentlemen, it's you such... can't fight in here. This is the <laughs> this is the war room. <laughs> It's the blackest humour. He keeps referring to the president as uh, Mindfuhrer. <laughs> genius. Which is quite apt genius. at this moment in time. Well, oh, yeah. they're listening. They're listening. And, Shh. <laughs> and let me sweep forget, you know, A Hard Day Tonight is such a joyous film. It's such a brilliant, Do you know, I have film. never seen A Hard Day's Night. Oh, my God, man. It is such a joyous film. Really, really is. It's... The energy and the spirit. Yes, it is the Beatles in their infancy. And yes, Beatlemania is happening at that time. But the film has got such boundless enthusiasm. You just get swept away with it. Well, uh, Victor and, Spinetti's in it as well, isn't he? And um, what's his face? Stepto is in it. Um, yeah. Um, oh, it's his bloody name. Stepto. <laughs> yeah, Elder Stepto. Yeah. Um, because when we went to the Beatles Museum earlier this year, uh, in Liverpool, and uh, I'm a huge Beatles fan. If you haven't guessed by now, um, we took the kids. Kids loved there. We're walking around, and it was a huge poster, original poster, uh, Wilfred wow. Bramley. Good call, right? Huge film poster, the original film poster of a Hard Day's Night, and the cover of Hard Day's Night is the the Beatles faces, um, like three quarters, yeah, yeah, and different expressions. Um. <clears throat> But if you look at the poster, the original film poster, one of them has been replaced. And you've got this old man gurning like that <laughs> <laughs> in amongst, like you know, the four most famous people in the world. Brilliant, brilliant. Get on that, man. You'll, you'll I will. I'll have to that. Definitely. So, so soundtrack is pretty good too. Uh, apparently, so they, what, whatever happened to them? Well, what, you know, amazing, <laughs> amazing. So, Flash Gordon, it uh... is. Yeah, we've done it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody had to do it. Somebody had to do it. It was inevitable. It was inevitable. Yeah, we've done it. As always, my man, it's been emotional. I will now allow you to die quietly in a corner. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm next to next. Whenever we do our next one, now we'll consider. You know, it is, it is silly season now coming up. Isn't it? Yes. So, it is. well, I think we'll, uh, we'll we'll have a chat off air and see what we can organise. I think we, you know, I think a good Christmassy themed one before we uh, knock off for the holiday period. Nah, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to doing horror and sci-fi. Yeah. Time, you know. <laughs> well, there's a couple of good Christmassy horror ones out there. So, uh, is there Gremlins? Oh, Gremlins, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> like, why, why is like a nineteen eighties written all over it? Like, Black Christmas. It Black Christmas. Yeah. Krampus. I still haven't. I haven't seen Krampus. I hear very good things about. It. I, I like Krampus. It's a good one. I like Krampus a lot. As long as you're not doing anything. Go on, on that note, I shall. Uh... <laughs> I can see where you were going with that one then <laughs> and on that Big note boy. my man I will speak to you soon take care brother all the best Ta-ra. as always I want to say a big thank you to Leighton for being on again always a pleasure never a chore now up next we have got what the Wookiee watched and first up on What the Wookiee Watched this week, we have got 
Future Shock 2000 AD, the story of 2000 AD from 2014. So that's a lot of 2000s. Uh, so let's uh, check out the trailer. thought we were going to be rather nice and middle class and boy were they in for a shock. People tend to think of comics as being very kind of throwaway entertainment but this was some deep political stuff. 2000 AD was something radically different from anything that had been done before. They were sort of glorious hippie anarchists. They were doing it better than the American comics. This isn't like Spider-Man. It was, it was dangerous. For a nine-year-old boy, it was life-changing. You don't want something your teacher likes. Jesus, throw it out of the fucking window. I don't know what it was if everybody was just going rave drugs. has never really gone for sort of the traditional Hollywood Disney route. It gave creative people the chance to do anything. There wouldn't be a vertigo if there wasn't 2008. It's an, an enormously strong visual influence. I think it's also a very strong subversive influence. Fuck all that punk rock left-wing shit. I am really punk. We were driving it further and further towards the edge. We were the lunatics who had taken over the asylum. I'd rather have an unprotected sex with a dead baboon's ass. <laughs> There's always a lot of violence in my stories because it's fun. It's mad stuff. It couldn't appear anywhere else but 2018. It was saying that to the establishment. Maybe the world's just not ready for that. <laughs> Anyone can make a colleague. There's only one to this lady. Yeah, so I think this is the first time that we've covered a documentary here on uh, What the Wookiee Watched. And, of course, this is Future Shock, the story of 2000 AD. Uh, it is directed by Paul Godwin. It was produced by Sean Hogan and Helen Mullen. Uh, and it features interviews with Pat Mills, John Wagner, Neil Gaiman, Alan Grant, Brian Boland, Dave Gibbons, Carl Urban and Grant Morrison. Uh, this is a must for any comic book fan and certainly a must for any 2000 AD fan. This documentary doesn't pull any punches. It covers the glory days. It uh, covers the inception of the magazine, uh, of the comic, sorry, um, and the darker days of the 90s, really. And um, the interviews are frank, they're funny and insightful. I give it an 8 out of 10. And like I said, it is a must for any comic fan. So, up next, we have got Attack the Block from 2011. Let's check out the trailer. That's an alien, bruv. Believe it. And I landed in the wrong place, though. You get yes. the wrong place. <laughs> well done, lads. You discovered a species hitherto unknown to science. Believe. Maybe there was a party at the zoo and a monkey shagged a fish. Yo, check it. More. More what? Them things. Ah, oh, lovely fireworks. Mommy, it's an alien invasion. 
course it is. I'm killing them. I'm killing them in the street. Let's get tooled up, blood. Quite sweet, really, aren't they? Oh, that's different. They ain't in the same thing. That looks triple the size blood. Everyone run! We need to get off the streets. Back in a block. What kind of alien would invade some council estate in South London? One that's looking for a fight. <laughs> what is that? I'm pissing myself in it, but at the same time, this is sick. Oh, I've got one text left. This is too much madness to explain in one text. We have to call the police. You'd be better off calling the Ghostbusters, love. Gavin. My name ain't Gavin. It's Mayhem, and he's prob. Arthur <laughs> kills us. No one is gonna ever call you Mayhem if you keep on acting like such a wussy. So that was the trailer for Attack the Block from 2011. It's uh, directed by Joe Cornish. It was produced by Naira Park. Uh, it was written by Joe Cornish. It stars Jodie Doctor Who Whittaker, uh, John Star Wars Boyega, uh, Franz Drimmer, uh, Leon Jones, Simon Howard, Luke Treadaway, Jermaine Hunter, and uh, with a very special guest appearance by Nick Frost. It's got music by Basement Jacks and Stephen Price. And uh, oddly enough, it was made for a budget of eight million, but only made four point one million at the box office, so it became a bit of a sleeper hit, really, on uh, DVD. So, what do we get? Well, we get Finn and Doctor Who together on screen, and uh, I uh, really enjoyed this film. I think it's for a film that's got some really funny lines in it and some great comedy moments. Um, it's fairly gritty. Um, it certainly doesn't hold back on any of the gore. Um, this film has got a superb cast, and I think John Boyega is top class in this. He's absolutely superb. And I do wish that here in the UK we would make more films like this. Um, I love that the fact that the creature effects are very, very simple. Um, the action scenes in this are very, very well handled. Um, you know, the film takes place on Guy Fawkes' night. Um, that's the 5th of November, a.k.a., which is my beautiful wife's birthday. Uh, I am contractually obliged to say that every time somebody mentions the 5th of November. Not that she's beautiful, because, you know, I'm not contracted. I'm just digging a hole for myself here, but she is beautiful, and I do love her. Um, you can call, hear her calling me a twat in the background. And, uh, like I said, this is... I really enjoyed this film. It's a great film. It, um, it made me laugh. Uh, it's got some great jump moments in it. Um, my one sort of criticism of it, I do think that Nick Frost's um, sort of extended cameo is a bit of a distraction. Um, and I think he's kind of better than the part that he's in. But hey-ho, um, but I'd still give this film um, an 8 out of 10. Now, next up is a film picked by you guys, the listeners, uh, from our Twitter poll uh, recently. So this 
is 1982's The Entity. Hey, wake up! Wake up, everybody! It's a gorgeous day! 20th Century Fox presents yes, The Entity, based on the story of Carla Moran. Okay, now look. The most extraordinary case in the history of psychic research. A team of experts will investigate her life. Why does he attack you, Carla? No, anyone else. I suppose he finds me attractive. Monitor her home. Oh, we're wiring the place up for any kind of movement. Why should you go to such lengths to support this delusion? Invade her mind. You were raped by whom? I don't know. There was no one there. And they will find more than evidence. They will find scientific proof. Wouldn't this be ahead? Let's get out of here! It's like a nightmare and I can't wake up. I just want to get rid of him. Now, that is a proper trailer. That is a proper, proper trailer. It's great. That is how trailers should be now. No, it, it, I love it. It's great. It's a it's a complete throwback uh, to the video shop days. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, I could talk about trailers probably all day. Now, like I said, this one was picked by you guys on our Twitter poll. And I'm really glad that you picked this because it is a classic. It is a classic horror film. Um... The choices were this, uh, See No Evil 2 with uh, WWE's Kane, and another one called The Inanimate, uh, which is about a, it's pretty much about a killer shrimp, so uh, kind of lucked out on this one. Thank you very much, guys. Now, of course, like I said, this is The Entity from 1982. It is directed by Sidney J. Faree. Um, it was from a screenplay by uh, Frank DeFelleter, um, based on his book, The Entity. Um, it stars uh, Barbara Hershey, uh, Ron Silver, who's really, really good in this. I think Barbara Hershey's also superb. She gives a great, great performance in this. Uh, David Labisa, uh, George Coe, Margaret Bly, uh, Jacqueline Brooks, and Michael Aldridge. Um, this film, uh, I hadn't seen it for a very, very long time, and I'd actually forgotten how um, how quite fr- how frightening some of the scenes are in this. Um, I think the score by Charles Bernstein um, is excellent in this, and whenever the entity is attacking, and those scenes are very, very brutal, um, and they're very, very graphic, um, and that that, that sort of almost psycho-esque punctuation of the the horror that the her character, that Barbara Hershey's character is going through, is absolutely superb, and it really, really adds to the uh, really adds to it. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Jane Fonda, Jill Clayborough, and Bette Midler and Sally Field were initially sought for the role um, that uh, eventually went to Barbara Hershey. Um, this film is based on a supposedly true story, and um, the film's epilogue. Uh, states that uh, the film you have just seen is a fictionalized account 
of a true incident which took place in Los Angeles, California in October 1976. It is considered by psychic researchers to be one of the most extraordinary cases in the history of parapsychology. The real Carl Morgan is today living in Texas with her children. Uh, the children's? Children. Yes, children. Bear with me, it's late, I'm tired. Um, the attacks, though decreased in frequency and intensity, continue. <laughs> now that in itself is fairly creepy because it does give the film... I mean, look, spoiler alert, guys, and we do spoil films here. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, it is from 1982, so uh, pause, go back and watch it. Um, the fact that the you know these attacks continue does give this film a fairly bleak ending. Um, like I said, this is not a film for the faint-hearted. Um, the attacks that take place are of a sexual assault nature, which again adds a sort of very uneasy feel to the whole film. Um, I think Ron Silver, the late Ron Silver, is absolutely brilliant in it. And I would give this... Um, again, another 8 out of 10. I've given a lot of 8 out of 10 this uh, this episode. But uh, yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Our time together was drawing to a close. So, as always, I have a couple uh, shout-outs. I want to thank everybody who's tweeted, uh, who's followed the show recently, uh, who's been to the Facebook page and liked the show and followed us on there, has come over to Instagram and sort of like, honestly, guys, I am really, really humbled by the amount of uh, interaction I get, particularly on Twitter, and I am really grateful. Um, so don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like the Facebook page, make sure that you come and subscribe on iTunes and leave us some five-star reviews, that really, really helps. Also, you can follow us on SoundCloud. And of course, I want to give out some uh, some shout-outs. Uh, we've got a big shout-out to CL Raven, who have launched their new Etsy shop. So if you're looking for some CL Raven-based merchandise to give your uh, loved ones a Christmas shock, um, yeah, get yourselves over to their new place. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, as always, a big shout-out to Blake, my man over at Spivey Point on Twitter. Guys, get yourselves over to his Twitter account. Um, of course, CJ over at VHS, VHS Revival. Um, it's a brilliant, brilliant blog. Covers all sorts of fantastic stuff. Um, Alan Jeff over at Cadavercast. Uh, of course, it's a great show. Um, Alan Jeff are a father and son team, and it's a really, really lovely, lovely podcast. And Al does the sign off for this show, so get yourselves over there. Uh, of course, Jay, uh, Dr. Shock, Dave Becker, and Josh over in the Horror Movie Podcast. Um, Joel, Daryl, and Peter at Retro Movie Geek. Uh, they've recently done an episode um, for the Richard Pryor film, The Toy. And honestly, it's absolutely, it, it's a brilliant, brilliant episode. Get over there um, and have a, it, it is, it's a really, really fun. People must have thought I lost my mind when I was listening to it in the car because I was laughing so much. Um, of course, Angry Man and Gidget Von LaRue over at uh, Retro Cinema. And my other Aussie buddy, Paul over at Shock Horror. And his blog is absolutely superb, guys. He is a brilliant, brilliant writer. Get over there, support him. And of course, guys, support all horror and sci-fi. Um, and as always, I would like to say thank you very much for listening. And in the immortal words of Count Dracula, good night out there, whatever you are.
should execute that trailer. 